everyone, and welcome to another panel hosted by SheProp. And today I am especially excited because we get to talk about budget cosplay. So let's get started. But first to introduce SheProp. SheProp is a growing community that is focused upon supporting, empowering, and representing female, non-binary, and transgender cosplayers, artists, and makers. You can watch these panels on the SheProp YouTube channel or listen to them on the SheProp Talk podcast available wherever you get your, your podcasts. And if you're interested in joining us over at the SheProp community, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we would love to have you. So thank you for joining us. Now to introduce our panelists, um, starting with me, I am Abby. You can also call me Abby Cat Cosplay. I'll be moderating today. I have been cosplaying for about six years, and I love budget cosplay because I like the upcycling aspect of it, and if you can find unique and different materials to use to make your cosplay, not only can you save money, but you can save resources. Um, it's better for the environment to do it that way. And also, I love shocking people with what kind of crazy materials went into making my cosplay. Hi, my name is Lindsay, otherwise known as Annie Lee Cosplay. I've been cosplaying hardcore since summer 2017. And the reason I love budget cosplay is because not only am I a broke college kid and it's out of necessity, but also I find that budget cosplay gives you an opportunity to be even more creative than ever. You're, it's a new challenge to make something out of nothing. Hi, my name is Kyrene, also known as Kestrel Cosplay. I've been cosplaying for eight years. I love budget cosplay because I like to do a lot of costumes. I have a huge list of cosplays that I want to make and that all adds up over time. So the more things that you can do on a budget with recycled materials or from thrifting, the more cosplays you're able to get through. I also love talking to cosplayers and seeing what unique uh, materials they use and the story of how they found them. Hi, my name is Hannah, uh, also known as Miss Tayo. I've been cosplaying for about four years and I love budget cosplays. One, because I've been sewing for a very long time and I have been gifted many, many, many um, materials from friends and family members over all the years. And I also love upcycling and using my local reuse store and thrifting to make really fun costumes. Um, hi, my name's Ilana. I'm Luminata Cosplay. I have been cosplaying since 2004. Um, and that'll date me, but one of the reasons I really like budget cosplay is because I started when I was in the ninth grade and it was just kind of everything was shoestring. As I got older, I'm like, why spend the money when I can upcycle things and kind of feel good about it and feels like a challenge. So it's a lot of fun doing it. All right, so let's jump right in. Um, Hannah, you mentioned that you have been gifted a lot of fabric. I have been gifted a lot of fabric. I've been sewing since I was 10. I've got bins and bins of it, but stashes don't start overnight. So if you want to save money by sewing from your stash, you have to start with a stash. And how do you go about getting a stash? So I, I've been sewing since I was about eight. That's when people first started gifting me little bits of fabric for quilting, which I don't really do anymore, <laughs> and um, lots of other things. Um, you know, as my friends' grandparents have passed and their grandmothers with these wonderful giant stashes um, have gifted me some beautiful things, I've had to figure out what really matters to me what I'm really gonna, sorry, what I'm really gonna be using and what 
has purpose in the future. Um, so I think when it comes to building a stash, it that's something that's always going to come with time, you know, and I think all of us who've been sewing for a really long time can tell you that you're, you're going to come across things at garage sales at Goodwill and you're going to say, Oh, I have a use for that. Or, Oh, that's going to be really helpful. And um, I like to build my stash by really thinking about my basics. And um, I guess now as I've, developed a larger stash when I go to things like store closing sales I'm really looking for more specific things than I have in the past whereas before it was like oh look at this pretty chiffon that's on clearance for a dollar a yard I'm gonna buy four yards of it and then I that sits in my stash for like 10 years and I think we've all had that experience right <laughs> where you're like this was fun I bought it and uh let's be real that's how a lot of stashes start is you see something pretty and you're like, I want that. And you get it. <laughs> and, I have an and then you go, what do I do with all question, or I have an extensive sequin collection because of that. Yeah. How often do you need sequin? I need it. Yeah. All of it. Put it in the bag. I mean, for years, beads. Why, why do I have so many beads? Like, I, I don't bead. Like, um, And so I think over, again, over time, you really find, like, what am I actually going to use here? I like to... Um, remind myself every six months to a year like maybe it's time to go through that box maybe it's time to check that drawer and it doesn't have to be all of it at once i think that's a big misconception about um using your stash and also organizing your stash is it's like i have to do it all right now and you don't like take your time and um think about what you want to make because now you've got this great load of stuff from someone's grandma and, uh, you know, what, what are you going to turn that into? M on the slide that introduced me, you saw my retro Ravenclaw outfit. That's all stash fabric from uh, a friend's grandmother and a retired sewist who gifted me a significant amount of wool. Um, and I was like, what am I going to do with all this wool? And sometimes you hold on to those really higher quality pieces to make something really cool. So. And Ilana, you also are a stash builder and maker. So what are your tips for building a stash and also staying organized so you can actually use it effectively? <laughs> Organization is not my strong suit. Um, when I started doing my stash, I, I was one of those people where it was like a lot of gifts from, from like people's grandmas or people like, oh, you're in theater, want some stuff. Um, I also had the luxury that I did a couple of years of working at a dancewear company. I, I worked in a mascot company and the amount of like scrap sized pieces that get bagged and tossed at those companies. And it's so easy to just kind of say, hey, can I rummage through that? I'm definitely a scavenger. And for people that aren't working in that kind of industry, it, it's actually not that hard to approach these businesses and just kind of say like, hey, I will give you some money for a garbage bag full of your scraps. And most places are like, yeah. Um, so when I kind of initially started, I was being a bit of a hoarder and I've kind of more of the mindset that like, I'll look through my stash and think, I like these items. How can I kind of gather them up and I'll kind of bag them or put them in a box and say, these would be really great for this character. And that's kind of the best way I can organize it. Do any of you have a, a personal guideline on 
what you keep and you're like, okay, this is a scrap. I've used it. Save all the scraps or what do you toss? I personally, I save anything metallic, even if it's small, I save anything leather and I save anything fur or faux fur because oftentimes you can make a cuff, you can make put a detail. So the smaller pieces make sense for those things. Um, my go-to tends to be, is it the size of a hand if it's smaller than a hand? Unless I know I'm like, I, I do a lot of like really small flowers using like cutouts of scraps. So if I know I'm planning something that will be requiring very small scraps, then I don't adhere to that rule. But if it's kind of general offcuts of something that I've already used, if it's not enough to do much with, I, I force myself to throw it out. Otherwise, I would be like buried in my scrap. Yeah. I have a general rule that if if it's less than three quarters of a yard, I try to let that stuff go now. And it's not a specialty material like a leather or a faux fur or so on. But if it's less than a yard, I'm like, well, I can't make a vest out of it. So why? You know, and so I now I've started to do that uh, and I really utilize thread cycling programs in my area when I can. Um, and yeah, I, I also work in the industry and we have a scrap bin, a very large scrap bin. It is really hard for me to not take things out of that scrap bin. Um, but because sometimes it's like, oh my God, this trim is so amazing. And even for stuff like trims, I anything less than a yard at this point, I'm I'm trying to eliminate that from my um, from my current stash so much, so much. Well, and we all have very established stashes. So if you don't, maybe less than a yard is something you do want to keep because it can go across the top of a bodice or it can go across the top of a handbag or, you know, when you're still starting, be less picky. Yeah. When you're definitely. established, you can tell that person who's like, my grandma just passed you on her fabric. You can say, well, what kind of fabric? <laughs> um, but also stashing or building from your stash is not limited to people who sew. Lindsay, I know you do a lot of more armor and prop type work. Um, what kind of stash do you have for that? Oh, I am a clearance fiend. So I have a lot of anything warbler, foam, floor mats, um, I'm one of those people that I tend to go to five below. And if I see those EVA foam mats, I just buy them. Um, but for me, what I go with in terms of keeping versus getting rid of is I think, what can I make with this? And I look at the cosplays I've planned for this year, next year. And if I can't do anything with it, I either find someone else who wants it so he doesn't go to waste. Or if I have to, I throw it out. Um, but I try very hard to keep a, a clean stash. <laughs> which is the best way to describe it. That is a good way of describing it. Like if we're, we're all scavengers and we're all hoarders and sometimes you look into your stash and you're like, what is this? Why did I save this? This is stupid. <laughs> it's bad. Um, but apart from making from your stash, we also find ways to make from unconventional materials when we are cosplaying on a budget because it's not always 3D printing and molding and warbla and these kind of high dollar amount things that people are doing these days. Sometimes it's dollar store and Goodwill. So um, Kyrie, I know, I know you also, or I know part of your cosplay is thinking outside the box for the materials that you use in source. So 
um, what are your favorite places or where are your favorite places to go to get budget supplies and things to build cosplays with? I definitely get a lot of my supplies from wholesale, uh, wholesale suppliers online where I can get bulk materials because it's pretty much always cheaper than buying things individually at Joann's. That could be rhinestones, um, sewing needles, um, or just anything small that you need a large amount of. I also like kind of repurposing materials for a different thing than they were made for. Um, my favorite out-of-the-box material to use is hot glue. I was really inspired by the hot glue hashtag on Instagram and how many people were freehand sculpting with it. People may put raised details on foam with it and you even can use the high temperature hot glue for casting if you, um, if you don't want to spend a lot of money for resin. And I also use unconventional casting supplies because um, silicone that you can pour and mold is extremely expensive, but liquid latex you can buy just on, at Halloween for a few dollars. It's pretty difficult to get the casting out of the mold when you use liquid latex, but it does work eventually. And also, if you can't afford a mold making silicone, you can use a silicone caulk from Walmart that costs about $5. That's a really great idea. I never thought of doing that. And silicone caulk, you can get it anywhere. Hardware stores. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Linz, I know you also use a lot of unconventional materials. I loved the laundry list of random things you used to make. Was it a, a Bowser from your introduction slide? Yeah. Can you go through just some of the things that went into that so that we can all be surprised at what you can do with dollar store materials? Oh, yeah. This was pretty much a whole dollar store cosplay. So um, I got my horns from Goodwill for 99 cents. I had got the wig from Goodwill for 99 cents. It was right around uh, New York Comic Con. So it was just before, like, right around when Halloween was kicking. And so they had kind of everything there. But then I had a black bikini already. So I decided to use that as a, my base. And then uh, for my cuffs, I'd had a belt that I was going to throw out. It was a faux leather belt. It was kind of tattered, but it was sturdy. So I thought, well, this might be a good thing that I can use with for my cuffs and for my choker. So I don't have to go out and buy that and it'll be thick and dense. So I used that to make those. And then I covered the choker and the cuffs with a scrap fabric that I had from years ago, uh, making use of the stash. <laughs> I also used craft foam to make the spikes. It was my first time working with any kind of foam. Um, and then what I did for my favorite part of it all was the shoulder pieces, which I used children's army helmets from Dollar Tree that have, it comes with this like kind of hairnetty camo material. And I realized you could take it off really easily. So I bought them, took it off, I took scissors and I cut the edges to make them a little bit more flush. Um, I, if I were smarter at the time, I would have sanded them down, but at the time I was really new. So I just kind of painted them. Uh, and then they had these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle off-brand shells that were super flat. I bought, I think, five or six of those, painted all of them blue to match um, using acrylic paint, so it's like a dollar. And then um, what I did on the shoulder pieces was I took a spare shell that I had already painted and I cut the hexagons out, hot glued them on, 
um, to give it more dimension and texture. And then on the back piece, I took one turtle shell that was normal and it was a backpack, so I just left it. Then Hawk then put in an empty pretzel container that was kind of shaped like this. I put that in and then I hot glued and then E6000 uh, for my own comfort, <laughs> uh, the two pieces together so that it looked like a fully dimensional turtle shell. I, I love when you talk to budget cosplayers and they talk about the random things that go into making cosplays. I have a friend who did Iron Man and his arc reactor is the bottom of a Snapple container. Because if you look at the plastic ones, it's got all this texture on it. He just cut that off, stuck it on with some blue lights underneath it, arc reactor. And they look good. They look really good. And people don't think outside of that box when they have all the money to spend because they don't have to. Um, so when you are shopping at a place like the dollar store or the Goodwill for parts to use to make your cosplay, what are the primary things you're looking for? Because you're not going to find exactly what you're, you're going to need at the dollar store. So what are the things that catch your eye and what are the things that make you think, I could do something with this? Honestly, it's one of those things I don't have a specific checklist for. It's kind of a gut of like, I look at something and I go, that looks interesting. And I'll like, that's what happened with the army helmets was I didn't even think of her shoulder pads. I just looked at them and went, huh, like I could do something with this. And then I took a little bit more time to think about it and I went, oh yeah, I could just put this on my arm and it looks great. But um, in general, what I try to do is I look at, is it sturdy enough to last? Because I do like to rewear my cosplays and I wanna make sure I'm not just gonna be wasteful and have to buy it again. Um, and then I'll look into um, kind of what's the variety here? Is this going to be something that I could buy at Walmart or thrift for a lot cheaper? Or is this something that I might be able to make out of some things from my stash? Um, but it tends to be, is it good for what I need right now? Is it something I can see lasting me a long time? And does the price match the benefit I'm getting? Since sometimes you can buy things from Dollar Tree and then they warp or they fall apart and then you're sad and then we're all sad. And Alana, you also do or uh, use unconventional resources to make cosplay. So did you have anything you wanted to add about the topic or how you um, approach it in a different way? Uh, two things. I'm also a huge fan of the hardware store. Um, the, like, I had to build this massive wingspan and I ended up using that, like, really thin, um, kind of almost transparent, like, white that's used for flooring you also see it in packing sometimes and it's like it's cheap for a massive role and you can find interesting things there um I think another thing that can really help especially um beginner cosplayers if you're you're getting out there and you're kind of seeing what are like the brand name products that people are buying um things that are targeted at cosplayers are like really 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 marked up one of my like hills to die on is Flexbond um, Flexbond is a product that has been used in both painting and theater world for years and it kind of recently has been brought into the cosplay world because it's it's accessible it's non-toxic uh, it, it's a really good product but um, you can get a gallon for about $50 Canadian which is less if you're living in the states and that's a gallon and you're getting these like tiny tiny bottles for $25 and it's the sort of thing where you can look at some of these products and like reverse engineer them and kind of find out 
where is this coming from? I, I also remember working at the mascot company right around when the like LED foam was becoming big and it, it's something that they've been using for years and years. And if you kind of figure out what these things are, you can find it in different places for a lot cheaper. And it kind of goes along with that what was being said about the wholesale. Like we don't necessarily all have access to wholesale, which God, I wish we did, but um, you can definitely find same or similar products if you just do a little bit of sneaking around. Well, I found a lot of EVA, EVA foam, especially the thicker like floor mats. I found that on buy or buy and sell groups online because like they're in crazy colors, but those are what a lot of parents put down on their kids' playroom floors. And so their kids grow up and they're like, who wants a bunch of primary colored floor mats? I absolutely do. Now, sometimes they're beat up, so you have to take that into account. But if you're already going to be sanding it to death, then having a piece of foam that's a little beat up is no big deal. And if you're already going to be priming it and painting it with a thousand layers, then the fact that it's yellow is also no big deal. So there's also some things to think about. These floor mats people make odd, or armors out of, they're floor mats. They're not just for cosplayers. They're not just available at craft stores. And oftentimes they're not available at all at craft stores, which I think is a problem. Um, but in looking at things like going to the dollar store or hardware stores and places to find ways to save, are there any things that you think it's not worth it to save, spend the money, you need, you need to just open your wallet for this? And Hannah, did you have something to add about that? I have a couple. Um, one that I always recommend is boning. If you're going to be making any kind of corsetry or any structural pieces with metal bones, which is what I recommend, metal or spiral steel or solid, not plastic, I, I do not recommend reusing them. Um, that's not to say I haven't, because I have, but uh, I, I do think that if you are going to be making a foundational garment, you should utilize um, new metal bones because they are going to shape to your body better. It's a safer choice. Um, and, and again, like I said, like I've been in that situation where I've pulled a bunch of bones out of an old corset or I've used a busk out of an old corset. Um, busks are like $30. I'm going to reuse that thing as long as I can. Um, but I do, I do think that there are certain things that get bent out of shape that you should uh, buy new. Um, I recommend buying uh, any kind of interfacing, I think, should be new. Um, you can buy it at a thrift store new a lot of the times. They're, it's still in its package. But, um, uh, like, you can't, obviously, you can't reuse it once it's been glued to something. So, like it's now no longer useful um needles should always be new pins should always be new um that's just for the sake of your project um but there's not a lot of stuff i use new i like new scissors but you can also sharpen them so thread you should use new thread, thread. like the old stash thread oh that don't you find use old thread ancient sewing kit it's gonna fall apart don't use it it's gonna snap it's it's not gonna hold and so thread should always be new um yeah those little 
There's a lot of little stuff that should be new, and thread is one of those things you'll be sad if you uh, use vintage thread uh, on a corset. You're going to be super bummed when you go to lace it up and all your thread breaks. And it's bad for your machines. Don't do that to your machine. And the vintage stuff, it's oftentimes uh, cotton. It's straight cotton. And current threads are a cotton poly blend usually, which means it's a lot stronger. So not only are you going with something old, but you're going with something that's natural fiber. It's just going to fall apart. Um, Kyrene, did you have anything um, about or any advice about where to spend the money? I would say definitely body paint. There oh, are a lot of... There's a lot of really great budget body paints out there that you can use, but I've seen people talk a lot about using dyes or using acrylic paints on their skin to save some money. And that's a huge safety issue because there's so many toxic pigments that go into them. You, you, you really want to be getting something that's made for your skin. I know like some good budget brands are Mayron Paradise, which is about $12. You can paint your entire body with one cake of it. Um, Snazaroo is around the same price, but it's a lot of times at stores like Michael's where you can get a 40% off coupon. And it's honestly not that much more money than using acrylic paint. I'd can say the only downside to the really budget body paints are that they are not waterproof and you will not be able to wear them outside in the rain. I once used acrylic as lipstick. Yeah. It's bad. The color was perfect. It looked so good. See, how <laughs> <But> dare you? <laughs> I think at some point we've all put something on our skins that we shouldn't have for cosplay. Oh, I have one other thing. Don't ever use secondhand pee, uh, uh, respiratory devices for safety. Always, 100%, always use new respirator cartridges always, because that is not something that should ever be utilized secondhand. <laughs> the one thing I also, I kind of think if you're going to spend the money on a cosplay, uh, I can make a lot of very cheap things look really good, but you can't make cheap glue hold really well. You can't make those foundation things. I mean, there's no easier way to make a costume look cheap than have it be falling apart. So Spend the money on the things that's going to make the construction good, make it hold together, make you feel secure. So oftentimes, like in the, the Amazon armor, in my introduction slide, the most expensive thing, pretty much the only thing I spent any significant amount of money on was the glue holding that together. Like everything else, it was upcycled random pieces, but spend the money on the good glue. Like what Hannah was saying about the good foundations, the boning, things like that. And um, Ilana, did you have something to add about like keeping in mind everything about where you should spend the money? Is there something about where go ahead and pinch every penny you have? Nobody's going to notice. Yeah. Um, one, one quick thing I will add, shoes. I also spend money on shoes. You can cover them and use them for multiple cosplays. But yeah, I think there's a lot of areas um, where you can really uh, trim down what you're doing. And a lot of people don't necessarily think but there's a lot of parts of cosplays, especially um, more sewn ones, that you, you're not going to see every part of. For instance, if you've got a vest under a jacket, you're not going to see the back of it. You could use like some of that quilting cotton someone's grandma gave you. If you're making, I know you guys did um, the ball gown one. If you're making those huge ball gowns, 
and you're doing like an apron over a skirt or multiple skirts and you're not gonna see like the top you know third or two thirds of that first layer skirt make it out of something inexpensive um i think another thing is if you cut you can kind of save money in the long run if you've got cheap fabric make a mock-up because nothing wastes your money more than cutting your good material and cutting it wrong so if you've got that cheap cheap material that you're not going to do anything else with cheap out and take the extra time and make that mock-up because you will thank yourself for it in the end i reuse my mock-up fabric too I don't know if anybody else does it. If I'm making a shirt that's got lousy sleeves, I save that sleeve. And the next time something comes around and it's a more tapered sleeve, well, guess what? Just trim it down, there you go. I've, I've used uh, circle skirt mock-ups to make cape mock-ups. I've used, um, I actually just upgraded from a full-size bed to a queen-size bed, and those sheets are becoming mock-up fabric. Um, I mean, that's the kind of thing where it's like, I can donate this, or I could use it to make a mock-up of a dress. Um, those are other great ways to save your money and pinch your pennies, you know, in addition to your Joanne's coupons, your Michael's coupons, waiting for a Labor Day sale, waiting for, you know, uh, the, the deals, the, unfortunately in my area, waiting for the stores to all close and then you go snatch up all the stuff. So, yeah. One thing that I do also is when I go to find materials that I do a lot of upcycling. So I go to the Goodwill and the Goodwill bins a lot. Um, I save absolutely everything from that item that I bought for materials. So if I bought an old purse, for example, for leather, I save all the hardware. I, I cut it up and that all goes into a bag because at some point you're going to be like, I need some buckles. Well, I've got some buckles. Um, if, if I'm breaking down something, everything gets saved. I've saved zippers. I mean, you don't want to use a, old yeah. used zippers for something that's going to hold a lot of weight, but if you don't need it to hold a lot of weight, then who cares? Just sew in an old zipper. So I, when you get these unconventional things, look outside the surface for what you can save and use and keep. It's another part of building your stash. Just be a magpie. So we've all been talking about um, unconventional materials and how to budget on where you buy and where to source fabrics, but we can also buy fat or we can also buy cosplay. You don't have to make it all. So has anybody had any success with buying ready-made cosplays from online stores or anything like that? Lindsay, it looks like you were nodding. Yeah, so I've gotten really good costumes from Goodwill. I got an entire uh, Jean Grey costume, like full suit and everything. Um, but then also like I've shopped at Mick Costumes. Um, I've gone through buy and sell groups. There's a lot of different avenues you can get full costumes ready-made um, that might just need minor alterations or if you want to swap out a piece. But I think that there's a lot of different ways that you can get full ready-made costumes or something I like to do because I kind of want my costumes to stand out in a little, uh, to stand out when you look at it, is instead of buying just this one costume, you know, fully every piece, I'll look and say, okay, I want to get this bodice from here, you know, from this buy and sell group, and then I'll get this shield from Ruby's, and then kind of compartmentalize each piece from different sources. And that way you can also save money, because instead of paying 
you know, let's say $150 for an entire costume all put together, you can spend a little bit less and have pieces that you're more passionate about and that you feel better about. And Kyrene, what about you? I've got, I've been probably buying more cosplays this year than I ever have before, just because there's so much available right now. Um, of course, uh, there's buy and sell groups where sometimes I've gotten really good deals in those when someone just wants it out of their closet as quickly as possible. And so they're going to sell it for a cheap price to the first um, person who wants it. Also, um, I've been buying a lot of clothes like on AliExpress and then altering them because sometimes it's cheaper that way than just buying the fabric itself, especially when you get into like stretch fabrics that can like cost um, maybe like 12 to $15 per yard. So instead of like buying two, like for my Ari cosplay, instead of buying two yards of stretch PVC, I just bought a dress for $11 that it was the materials were good, the fit was not, so I had to take it apart and re-sew it a bit. And I've, one thing I've noticed is that once something has cosplay in the name in it online, it is more expensive. So a lot of times, even when you're looking on cheaper websites, the cosplays are gonna cost maybe three or four times more than what other outfits do. And I think part of it is just because they're in high demand, and I think the other part is because they do have a lot of accessories that come with them that you might be able to make out of cheaper materials on your own. So that's one thing I think about when I'm deciding, do I wanna buy individual pieces of clothes for this or do I just wanna buy the whole costume and have it show up? Um, one thing that I do really try to avoid when buying costumes online is that there is a lot of art theft out there. So um, yeah, like when you're on AliExpress, a lot of times you'll see dresses that were made by um, um, independent artists like Firefly Path. I've seen a lot of dresses that were made by um, seamstress YouTubers. One went viral when she um, bought her own dress knockoff to make a video of it. That and, was Bernadette Banner, who if, if you're listening, I recommend mm -hmm. following Bernadette Banner. She's very entertaining and very talented. Mm -hmm. And like the thing about those is I prefer to buy stretchy materials for cheap prices because they tend to look good, even if the fabric might not be, even if but sometimes they're thin fabric, but they still look good. When you get into structured garments, like if you're wearing a jacket or a, or a dress that has a lot going on internally to keep its shape, well, you're not going to get what you see in the picture when you're buying it cheap. You're not going to get a Firefly Path dress, dress for $40. Well, and I've seen in the, I've joined those buy-sell groups when I went to get rid of some of my cosplays. And I found that they're really not designed for people who are trying to resell the custom-made garments and cosplays that they made for themselves. Um, those buy and sell groups are great for people who do buy cosplays. And then they're just wanting to swap them out for cheap. And that's great because it does mean that you know what you're getting with regards to size and the price points are really low. And so it is a great way if you're just wanting to refresh your wardrobe and you say, I have this that I bought, I would like to get rid of it and get another one. Buy and sell groups are great for that. And they can also be great if you're looking for just some foundation pieces to build off of. I was just gonna pop in and say for buying costume pieces, I've really been using a lot of places like Poshmark and Depop to find pieces that will work for a cosplay because uh, 
yeah, it's it's a great way to upcycle and you're buying something from a person, uh, you know, if you have the right settings on. And, and I think that's a great way to upcycle and get small pieces. And then there's also the aspect of going thrifting. Um, if you hit the thrift stores around Halloween, you can buy a lot of costumes, but most of the time it's not right around ha Halloween. So when you are going to a thrift store to fill out your cosplay checklist, what are the types of things that you look for? Curtains. I'll start on this one. I have a lot to say about this. Um, I do buy usually my cosplay shoes, especially if they're boots. I thrift those because um, you can put inserts in them. Don't skimp on the inserts, but you can you can buy a lot of boots there. And also, um, you hit that Goodwill wedding dress um, because there's so much material there, and it and you can dye fabric. So I when I go thrifting, I'm looking for big chunks of some sort of material. I'm rarely looking for the thing I'm, I need. I look for the thing that I could make work. And you can dye fabric, you can paint leather. Um, so that's, that tends to be what I try to find it at thrift stores. Like sheets are great for mock-ups. I get those at Goodwills. And you hit the textile section because that's if, if whoever passed on to their reward did not give away all their stuff, but oftentimes gets donated. I found bolts of fabric. All of the fabric for my, um, or all of the velveteen for my Carol Burnett costume, it's like a whole curtain set that was found for $5 at a Goodwill. Yeah. It That's was like 10 yards of velveteen. I, 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 one of my all time best finds is I found six matching gold curtains that were like 10 feet long and my entire bell ball gown was made out of $36 worth of fabric at, from Goodwill. It was just in the curtain section. It's amazing. You're going to sweat like the Dickens because it's always polyester, but, oh, yeah. but you can, you can find some good stuff. Anybody else have some tips for what to look for when they're going thrifting? Um, for me, um, it's, it, it's, what goes hand in hand with thrifting for me is I look at things and think, how can I elevate this? So as you mentioned, yes, you can dye fabric. Yes, you can paint leather. And those, if there's skills that you don't have, I really suggest to anyone who's listening to take that little bit of extra time. There's amazing tutorials online. And if you can kind of get those basics under your belt, there's amazing things that you can do to upgrade things from um, the Goodwill with like dollar store paints if you just kind of put a little bit of time and passion into it. Uh, so very often with me, yeah, like, um, especially shoes. Like I'm, I'm like you as well, where I want to find decent shoes, but I don't want to like buy new decent shoes. And the amount of like going through the section and saying, okay, which one of these pairs can I do the most transforming to? And it, it kind of really, helps you narrow down what you're getting so you're not just like, ooh, all the things in the basket. So. Also, if you're going thrifting, like think about those characters that just wear clothes. There are a lot of characters that we cosplay and they're wearing pants and a shirt and, a, and don't make your pants and a shirt, go buy your pants and a shirt at the Goodwill. I mean, why, I mean, if you're competing, then whatever, do it. But you don't need to do that. Why do that? 
Does anybody else have anything to add about, um, about sourcing materials or buying costume pieces through retailers that we're familiar with? Yeah, um, I just want to hop in. So that's kind of how I built my Esmeralda costume was I found this waist trainer in my local thrift store. And it was one of those that it's not incredibly constricting. So I felt safe wearing it. But it was black and red. It had this really kind of awful pattern on it. And I looked at it, I went, well, it fits and it gives me the shape I want. And as Luminata had said, like, you can paint it, you can refurbish it. And so what I ended up doing is I turned this black and red flower, got off a waist trainer, painted it blue and then yellow on the fake boning. And it looked just like it and it was perfect. And then I made the shirt out of a white sheet. Um, so it's one of those things, keeping in mind the white sheet shirt did not last me very long, but if you're in a pinch, be open-minded in terms of your materials, in terms of what you find, because if it gives you that right structure, that could be something really beneficial for you when you're making or trying to purchase a costume. So at the end of the day, we save all this money in a number of different ways, and then we have to wear our costume. So how is it that we can take these low budget things and upcycled things, and how do we make that look like a finished, expensive, beautiful luxe cosplay? Hannah. Uh, so my budget crowning glory uh, is my Winifred Sanderson costume. I made the entire thing, including book, for under $100. Um, I think it's really important to note here, I used a coupon on my green fabric. I got five yards of it at $2 a yard. Um, all of my under pieces so the underdress and the petticoat and all that was uh sheets that i already had and thrifted fabric um i think the things that really brought it to life and gave it life um were the structure i lined the coat so you can't see that junky stretch velvet it's lined <laughs> It's, I just hid all my sins. Um, and then on top of that, my, the book is made with mostly garbage, actually. <laughs> it's made with, um, like, uh, those uh, packing, mailing, uh, you know, the ones that you can't recycle because it's half plastic, half paper. Uh, it's the, what are they called? Packing the bubbles. Penis. Yeah, it's, well, not the packing peanuts. It's the bubble ones, the... I don't know any bubble wrap that's half paper, half plastic. It's because it's not. It's a packing envelope. It's the ones that oh, you can't recycle. Yes. So I, we use those to make the fingers on the on the spine of the book. Um, Five dollars worth of Sculpey cardboard, hot glue, uh, tissue paper. This is all stuff I had in my house. Um, and I think that when it came to bringing it to life, it was all about those little details that you know, you don't always think about uh, on the Winifred costume specifically. There's so much painting, border painting with gold. I just used acrylic it because it was such a small amount. It really didn't matter that it, it didn't need to flex. Um, you know, I, I used a painting technique to get the purple accent around the waist. Um, I and I think the thing that really pushed it over the edge for me in terms of having it be a competition piece and then winning my category was I actually brought my budget to my uh, my interview at my competition. So I was like, here's my spreadsheet. 
um, cause I'm a nerd and I, you know, and I like kept a spreadsheet of my shoes that were free from my neighbor that I then covered in this fabric that I added trim to. So I think a lot of it is there's these small elements that are all going to come to fruition, you know, when, when you get to the final piece. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest parts for me were finishing the inside cause it, it really does hide a multitude of sins when you are doing things like twirling and spinning around and people can see the inside of your garment in that situation. Um, my wig was cheap, but I, I learned how to style it. You know, I, I really took the time to watch some videos on YouTube and I was like, I don't even know how to, I didn't know how to wig style when I started, but this $25 Amazon wig did a great job and uh, I think that that's really how you can make pieces shine again is with that detail work the painting the trims the the closures you know it it makes it all come together my crowning glory for budget cosplay is my Wicked Witch of the West my steampunk Wicked Witch of the West and most of that was also made out of garbage and um, so I made it out of a car bra I bought at the Goodwill bins. And in my town, there's a store that is a charity shop for art supplies. So you can buy like half empty tubes of paint or yarn that's in a big knot. You can buy all this stuff. And if you take the time to use it and give it kind of zhuzh it a little bit, you can have cheap materials. I bought a baggie full of coffee stirs and those became my broom tines that I painted. So like it's trash it's garbage it was all meant for the dump heap um but if you take the time and make it well you sew it so that it fits you nicely you use proper construction techniques you line it you if you're going to paint it paint it well prime it make sure it's good and covered um that the good construction is what can make really old garbage materials look fancy and expensive and just lovely. I actually love my witch. It's, I love my broom. Everything. I on love that your witch. Was, everything on that broom was made from the scrap store. So it's all just trash. Um, and again, and I competed fine. with that one too. It did really well. You don't have to spend a lot of money to be a competition cosplayer. Yeah. I mean, even with Winnie, like I had no expectations going into that and, and, now being able to say that was a hundred dollars that's it and i the one of the most expensive things other than my wig was the eyeball i used in my book which is actually an old doll eye it opens and closes i got it from a local curiosity shop it was six dollars and i was like oh that's a, a budget buster but i did it because <laughs> it was so cool Lindsay, you also had some thoughts on how to just elevate that final product but for me, it's, um, Hannah had already pretty much said it all, which is detail work. Details, details, details. Um, I also, I am, a, I am a fiend of using glitter to make things look sparkly and expensive, um, much to the, you know, pain of my floor. But <laughs> uh, that's exactly what I did for, I did a Poison Ivy cosplay where I took old Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer underwear and covered it in, with hot glue, so it didn't stretch. <laughs> Uh, with these ivy leaves that I bought off Amazon for, I think, $15. Um, and I peeled them off individually from each vine. But once it looked kind of frumpy once I had had it put on. But then I looked at Michael's and I found this glitter that had 
green and yellow and it was really dimensional and said, you know what, forget it. Like I'm going to lose my security deposit. Let's go I'll put glitter on it. And I took some spray adhesive, sprayed down all my pieces and dumped little bits of glitter and it completely made the costume for lack of a better word, shine. Um, and it's one of those things that kind of find what's going to make you happy about the costume. And so for me, I love to be sparkly and girly and kind of ridiculous. <laughs> and so finding those little things, glitter, uh, beading details, anything kind of small that is going to make you proud to show it off. And especially if you're going into a competition, if you can say, hey, look at this small thing I did and it's really making the costume so much better. It's a fin like coming from a judge and an entrant, it's always a great thing to see. And Il Ilana, did you have anything to add? I just called on you. You didn't say you would on this topic, but I'm just calling on you anyway. Um, I mean, it, it's been said over and over again, um, details is like misdirection and magic. Um, and I think to kind of open that up, um, the, the budget one that I am most proud of is I did an original design inspired by Majora's Mask. And that was a $0 budget because I'm a horrible hoarder and had all the stuff I needed to use to make it. But that's a very color blocked costume. Like you've got your, you know, your purple, you've got your yellow, you've got your red. And I found that I was able to elevate it. If you, you kind of take open blank spaces and fill it with texture. Um, so a lot of the areas that I had, they got beads or they got little handmade flowers. And it's just kind of, if you kind of have that blank sheet staring at you that you're making a dress out of it, it will announce itself as a sheet. But, you know, any time, detail, effort that you can take to just put love into it, it will read for anyone that's looking at it. We are getting close to wrapping up. So just before we do that, um, Kyrie, did you also have any tips on making that final project or product just look so expensive? I think that something that can really elevate any cosplay, no matter how budget it was, is having not necessarily an expensive wig, but a good wig and having it properly styled for the hairstyle that that character has. Um, you can get pretty cheap lace fronts on Amazon for $30, and that can be good at just blending in your hairline and elevating that cosplay. Obviously, if you um, are able to, if you don't need that hairline, you can use a hard front wig and people won't be able to even tell if it has bangs. But um, having a wig that you've styled or possibly like I know people who use to put the really shiny wigs in fabric softener and then wash them and also put dry shampoo over them to make them less shiny. So there's ways that you can make your wig look good on a budget. But since your face is gonna be front and center in your cosplay, it's gonna be in pretty much all of the pictures, even if your shoes aren't. That is really where I like to put a lot of the focus on making things look perfect. That's a great tip. And to add on that, if you are shopping for a wig that's not super expensive, finding something on Amazon, um, the thing I will tell tell you is avoid that wig that has the full cap, where it's like a full nut cap. Like you can find pictures of wigs on Amazon where they will show you what the inside looks like. And if you can see the individual wefts, that's going to be so much better than one with a nut cap. So. And the individual weft ones aren't that much more expensive than the net cap ones. So just avoid those net caps. 
I have a giant head. I really like the the knot. <laughs> you don't want a full cap. You got a big head. Yeah, and the caps never fit right, and you can always see them poking out through the hair. It's bad. But to we are coming up on about an hour now, so I do want to go on to our final question, which um, is for everyone. What is the most surprising or unconventional um, material that you've used in a cosplay? Um, some of us have brought it up um, during our conversation, but is there anything that where if you were to say, I made this out of XYZ, people would be real surprised? Um, Ilana, let's start with you. Um, the one thing that I, I randomly do a lot of things with is, um, because I have a background in theater, I have a lot of lighting gel swatch books. Uh, for people who don't know what lighting gels are, they are like a thicker form of colored cellophane that you'd put in front of your light to get it a different color. Um, you end up with like tens of those things. If you've been in school, you get them at trade shows and stuff. And you just have these like little bits of pretty colored material. And I've used them for um, like little decorative fairy wings. I've used them to kind of replicate. I did like an Egyptian look and I, I used them as kind of colored glass. And it's, it's a lot of time going into it because the pieces are like this big. It is a swatch book, but um, the amount of times where I've been like, I know, I'll use my gel swatches is kind of insane. And Kyrie, what about you? My first cosplay that I ever made, it was the night before the con and I needed to make a little box for my headband. And I was not able to figure out how to make that out of foam because I didn't have the right cutting tools for it. So my roommate pointed out that the box of French fries that I had on my desk from the school cafeteria was the exact shape I needed if I just cut most of it off. And Amazing. so we painted that with a uh, French fry box with rub and buff and glued it onto my forehead. <laughs> Did it smell like French fries all day? <laughs> I don't think so. Well, that's good. That's good. And Lindsay, what about you? Um, so besides the children's army helmets, which I think is my crowning achievement in my life, um, I also made a Ridley headpiece. And what I was doing was I was trying to already make a piece for my head. And so I made a duct tape mold of my head, I guess is the way to put it. So I used that, a Walmart bag, a broken hanger that, that I had unfortunately stepped on uh, to get the exact kind of shape like this. I put the plastic bag over it, hot glued, and then took some scrap purple co uh, costume satin, hot glued that, and then added detailing with little scraps of yellow fabric I had. Um, but I love when people see the top and then I show them the inside and they just see a Walmart plastic bag, duct tape, and a broken hanger. <laughs> and, and Hannah, what about you? Uh, my favorite unconventional material I've used is uh, my rose quartz shield is made out of a squirrel baffle, which is a round dome that you uh, use to deter squirrels from eating out of your bird feeders. Um, it it worked great. I wanted a clear shield and a squirrel baffle fit the bill. I think my car bra uh, witch jacket is a, a big one for me, but 
I did have to make handheld flames for my olive from Miss Peregrine's School for Peculiar Children. And all of the tutorials said, get clear warbler and then you can dye it and, and you can make flames. And that stuff is so expensive. So instead I went to the office depot and got um, red, yellow, and orange file folders for a quarter a piece. And you can heat up those and stretch those as well. So I put a little tea light on the inside and I put flames, 75 cents. And so that was another one that worked really well. It doesn't read that well in person, but the pictures, you add a little filter on it, it looks great. So um, thank you all so much for joining me today for our budget cosplay panel. Um, I, I love hearing how people approach um, creating these big, beautiful costumes on a budget because not everybody has the luxury of un unlimited art money. The last thing I'll say is just like with anything, you can have it good, you can have it cheap, or you can have it fast, but you can't have all three. Pick two. And if you're doing cheap cosplay and you want it to be good, give yourself plenty of time to get that done. The stories of finding exactly what you need in your garbage can, those are few and far between. Usually it's something you have to prep for. But um, to wrap up, um, I'd just like everybody to go through and reiterate your name and where we can find you on social media um, and any final thoughts that you might have. Um, so again, uh, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at uh, Luminata Cosplay. And I, yeah, I was going to say that you, you can have it cheap, you can have it fast, you can have it good. And it's, it's so true. And I think that if you've always got a working knowledge of some things that you might want to do down the road, that's when you're going to find the best kind of like, if you know you want to do it two years from now and you find it, because you, you're never going to find it for cheap when you think you need it. And Kyrie. Um, you can find me on my social media at Instagram and Facebook as Kestrel Cosplay. And I think what I would say to wrap up is when you're planning your cosplay, however long you think it's going to take you, add a month onto it. And best case scenario, you're done early, but a lot of times I will plan to have all the time in the world and still be finishing the night before. And Lindsay. Um, you can find me at Annie Lee Cosplay anywhere that's a social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, all that goody goodness. Um, my big thing to keep in mind is that there is no entry fee for cosplay. So just because you might not make a lot of money or you might not have a lot of money to spend doesn't mean you can't make a really good costume. So try not to stress and there's always a way to make something. And uh, I'm Miss Tayo. You can find me on mostly Instagram. I do have a Facebook. I never use it. Find me on Instagram. Um, sometimes I'm on Twitch too. Uh, and my final thoughts are have fun. And I really have fun. That's like the most important thing. And you know what? I think that saving a little bit of money can be fun. And I'm Abby. You can find me at Abby Cat Cosplay on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and everybody's pretty much said it. I get such a rush out of being able to complete a cosplay and find the perfect thing at a thrift store or at a garage sale or to be able to take something I found in the garbage and turn it into exactly what I wanted it to be. Um, there's something very exciting about it and I recommend everybody get on that train. Um, and you can find all of us in the SheProp community. We would like you to join us in the SheProp community. So if you are a woman, if you are trans, if you are non-binary, come and join us in the SheProp community on Facebook. You can also listen to the SheProp Talk podcast or check out our YouTube channel where you will see many more 
panels like this one, and we would be very happy to have you. So thank you all panelists for joining me today. And thank you listeners. Bye. Thank you.